get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at New Vine. Well, good morning. Welcome to New Vine Community Church. We're glad you guys are here. And if you're new, a special welcome to you. And we always start off by singing some songs to God and tell him we love him and worship. And I'll say a quick prayer. We'll get started. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you and praise you that we can all uh, gather together here and worship you and that you want us to, which is really cool. And uh, so just uh, please accept this worship, Lord, and come join us. In Jesus' name we pray. Never ending. 
around and say hi to somebody.
everyone. My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. There is a Memorial Day cookout after church today. This is a fundraiser to help send the youth to summer camp. Just make a donation and get some lunch. And thanks for supporting New Vine Youth. Our next baptism is Sunday, June 25th at Carmony Park. Come celebrate with those getting baptized in the creek at 2 p.m. See you there. carry the big flag in the Memorial Day Parade. We need lots of help. Meet at Franklin Yards on the corner of Route 25 and Route 73 at 9 a.m. Thanks! Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. I think I'm on, yeah. Well, we didn't get to go away for Memorial Day weekend. Here we are. We have about five or six, seven families that hit the road, but that's okay. A um, couple things. Tomorrow uh, at Franklin Yard, we need like about 40 people. The flag is as big as this two sections, so if it's, it's on 25. So if you want to come help us, it'll be great. And uh, we do it uh, every year. And, and then if kids want to come, the kids can come and pass out candy. Okay? Um, Continue to pray for the Warner family. We did best funeral Thursday, whatever. I don't even know what day it is. I have, I have funeral lag. How's that? Um, so anyway, pray for them. And Jim Mears, uh, the guy was mayor of our town forever. I call him Mr. Franklin. He passed away, and so uh, his funeral's this week. And so just remember them in in, uh, in prayer. He, I could, I'm, I'm going to eulogize him, so I, I won't do it today. I'm going to do it at his funeral. But anyway, just just keep Susie and and Holly and and Shane and all the rest of them in prayer. Okay. So let's say a prayer for the offering. So, Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. Thank you you gave it all for us. And so use these gifts, Lord, to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Everybody good? Yeah? Um, going to cook out? Am I going to cook out this weekend? I'm cooking barbecue chicken this tonight. So Mark always tells a story about uh, the smell of charcoal. I don't have any charcoal, and I'm not going to put any charcoal in my gas grill. You know that story. He, he put charcoal in the gas grill and melted it probably, right? All right. Um, going to read a scripture. Uh, it's going to come on. Let's have a word of prayer too. Uh, today's Pentecost Sunday, so churches around the world are celebrating Pentecost, and so we are too. So uh, we we started our series back at Easter. We talked about from Easter to Pentecost, really Passover to Pentecost, and today is the day of Pentecost, right? So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come when we get done at the end. So let's let's just say a prayer. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and just speak to our hearts today. Lord, use your word to touch our lives. I just thank you uh, for it. Thank you, Lord, that you rose from the dead, you ascended to heaven, and uh, you sent the Holy Spirit to fill us and control us and use us. And we know, Lord, you're, you're coming back one day. So, God, use us up and, and uh, be in our midst. Be with all the people from our church that are traveling. God, help them to have a good time wherever they went. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 
So scripture is going to come up and I'll just read it off the wall for you, if you don't mind. Uh, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their, their, uh, heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us is hearing them in our native language? Uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Serene. Proves I went to seminary that I could even read that, right? Here we go. Uh, this is from Rome. Both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans, Arabs, hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Somehow, uh, somehow ever made fun of them and said, uh, they have too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Amen. Now we can leave this place. Now spread his. Okay. They filmed that on, on the day of Pentecost. They saved you for us, right? <clears throat> um, holidays, right? Um, what's your favorite holiday? Anybody have a favorite holiday? Just tell me what it is. There's only three of you in here, so what? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Well, there you go. Over here, somebody said something. Christmas? Okay. No Groundhog Day? No? Anyone else? Of course. Liz likes all the holidays. All right. Because we have good food, right? I like Thanksgiving best. I think I like Thanksgiving because there's not all the hoopla and all the, you know, whatever, even though we've been had Christmas commercials started in July, but I like Thanksgiving. So, um, here's a picture of holidays, I think, in our country. It's like a little, little thing. It's pretty cool. Uh, there, there's all kinds of holidays. We, I'll just read them off my list here. I think I put them in here, or maybe I didn't put them in here, but anyway. There is uh, New Year's Day, right? And then we have Martin Luther King Day. We have President's Day. Uh, we have St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we have Groundhog Day, right? I have new groundhogs in my backyard. I'm really proud we have a new family. Um, we have squirrels. When I go out in my backyard and I play my guitar, squirrels come. They And then I feed them peanuts. So I don't know if it's a peanuts or my music. I think it's my music. But when they hear the sound of the guitar, they start coming because they know they're going to get fed. So I've conditioned them. And then... We have a groundhog that lives over on the golf course behind us, and uh, it was really fat. And it, I thought, man, that groundhog's eating too much. And then yesterday, or day before yesterday, went out, and it's got two little babies following it. So one person posted on Facebook that they're targets, <laughs> you know, uh, but not, not to me, you know. Uh, but anyhow, Groundhog Day, uh, Columbus Day. How many enjoy Columbus Day? Big day. Liz's sister, Margie Kay, uh, years ago when she was a nurse, and worked in Middletown. They were trying to divvy up what what days they were going to get off. The nurses would get off for the different holidays, and and she told them that our family really celebrated Columbus Day, and that we had uh, games and contests, right? And then they would make little cakes like the Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria. She was making this all up, and people really got got into it. So she was crazy, but uh, she's in heaven. And t- and tomorrow's Memorial Day, and I put this in my notes just to remind you: Memorial Day. 
is for those who have died in service to our country. Okay, it's not Veterans Day. It's not some other kind of day. It's to remember those who died. It started, actually, my grandparents used to call it Decoration Day, you know, when you would decorate the things. I think it started after the Civil War, okay? So holidays are important to us, but holidays were important to Israel. They called them feasts or they called them festivals, and uh, they were different festivals. So today is Pentecost Sunday, so the obvious question is, what is Pentecost, Okay. You guys, I knew you guys were all asking that question. And so in order to understand Pentecost, we have to understand what it says in Leviticus chapter 23. I'm not going to read that, but it explains all the feasts of Israel. Because the nation of Israel had special holidays or festivals, and uh, they were different than ours, okay? Uh, they all, um, go back, Pat, real quick. There you go. They were special holidays on their calendar, and uh, here are the, are the different ones. So... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to look at these, but there's there's Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, Feast of, of Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? Um, anyway, and so we're going to start in the fall, and I'm just going to kind of go through this really quick so you can understand what Pentecost is all about. So in the fall, uh, there is the Feast of Trumpets. In Leviticus 25, it says, uh, God said to them, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land and unto the inhabitants thereof. And so it requires, uh, in Leviticus 23, 24, in the seventh month, the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing the trumpets. And so the Feast of Trumpets occurred in the fall, uh, in, in late September, and it was to celebrate that they were free. They weren't slaves anymore. And so that was a feast that God set up in, in Leviticus 23. And uh, then another one is, uh, is it Yom Kippur? Uh, the Day of Atonement. Uh, Leviticus 23, uh, it provided a day of confession and uh, all these different things to take place for them as a high holy day. And it says this, And on the tenth day of this seventh month there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you. You shall afflict your souls and offer offering made by fire unto the Lord. The day of atonement, um, they had different, they would do sacrifices all the time, but the day of atonement was a special one. They did once a year. Um, People would bring their things there, and the high priest would would, would sacrifice it. Um, if if you're familiar with the Temple of Israel, uh, say these are, these two sections, there was one section they would come in. It was called the Holy Place, and in the Holy Place there was a, a, a table of showbread, there was a, a menorah, a candlestick, and there was an altar of incense. And when you mo- went from the Holy Place to the Holy of Holies, there was a curtain. Tradition tells us it was about 14 inches thick. And when you went inside the Holy of Holies, there's the Ark of the Covenant, okay, and the mercy seat. And only the high priest could go in there once a year. He was the only one that could go in. And uh, and so on the Day of Atonement, it's when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, and it was, it was done as, as a demonstration for the forgiveness of sins for all of Israel. So that only happened once a year on the Day of Atonement. Okay? Still here? Uh, next is the Feast of Booths or Sakath, uh Tabernacles. Leviticus says this, uh, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be a Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. And, and the deal is this, uh, God provided shelter for the Israelites when they were in, in the wilderness. And so it's to remind them of their time of wandering. And, and so they would put up these shelters and these booths or these little shanties or whatever you want to call them. And they would remember how that God took care of them uh, in, in the, when they were wandering around. Uh, some churches even have a, what do they call it? Uh, brush arbor meetings, okay? And I think they kind of stole this from, from the Old Testament there too. And so it's just remember how that God took care of them, uh, in, in the wilderness wandering. So those are the fall holidays. The spring holidays is really when the year begins for them, uh, in, in the festivals. And the first one is Passover. Okay, Leviticus tells us that uh, Passover begins on the 14th day of the month of Nisan. And Nisan is, is, is April, kind of, kind of end of March, April. The Jewish calendar was lunar. Everything's based upon the moon. That's why, you know, um, Easter is when it says and all those kinds of things too. And Passover, it's based upon the moon. Okay, and so you know what Passover is. Remember, they were they were in Egypt, and God told them He's going to deliver them, and He told them to kill a lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. And when the angel of death passed over, He would pass over that house. And they were told to, to make things uh, unleavened bread and and don't you know uh, do things in haste because God's going to deliver them. And so every year they celebrated Passover, remembering their deliverance uh, from Egypt. Okay, then there's the feast of unleavened bread. Uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, 
Leviticus uh, says this, On the fifteenth day of the same month, in the Feast of Unleavened Bread of the Lord, seven days you must eat unleavened bread. Okay? Am I talking too fast? I'm going 100 miles an hour. I know. Yeah, Liz is going, what are you doing? Okay, I'll slow down. The Feast of Unleavened Bread went right, right along with Passover because they would, they, would, they would not put any leaven in the bread because they're reminded of the time of the, they, they're in a hurry. They don't have time to let the, let the bread race. And so uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread was just to remind them that they're getting out of town in a hurry. Okay? Next one. Feast of First Fruits. Um, let's see what it says up there. Let me see my book here. Um, Feast of First Fruits. Uh, the Feast of First Fruits... Uh, Leviticus 23 schedules the Feast of First Fruits, and it's to acknowledge the fertility of the land. Okay, uh, they would bring the early crops in the spring planting, and they would take a sheaf of one of the wheat or whatever, and they would wave it before the Lord. And it was just thanking the Lord. There's a whole big deal about first things in in the, in the Old Testament. Is that whatever you had, whatever was first, was dedicated to God. The first from the harvest went to the Lord. If you had money, the first ten percent, the tithe went to the Lord. If you had a son, he was he was dedicated to the Lord. Okay, uh, all those things, it's the first thing. And the first was to uh, acknowledge that God's going to take care of all the rest, that they would give God their best, and then God would provide the rest. And we still kind of do that today when we tithe and give offerings to the church. You know, we do that first. And and we do a lot of things on first, right? You know, we, we give first, we worship on the first day of the week, uh, we do our devotions early, first thing in the morning, you know, and all that kind of stuff too. Okay. And then uh, the Feast of Weeks, which is called Pentecost, okay? Um, Pentecost is, is the, 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 the Greek word for, it means 50. And it's the Jewish festival, thanking God for the early harvest that's, that's just come in, okay? Um, let me read to you what it says, I think. Um, let's see what it says, yeah. Okay, it requires an offering of two loaves of bread, um, Baked and and uh, with leaven in them, with yeast in them, and so he was just thanking God for for another harvest. So those are the seven weeks of or the seven feasts of Israel. Okay, still here. I talked way too fast. I'm sorry. So that's just the deal. But understand that their life revolved around these things. You know, uh, in a lot of our lives, people a lot, a lot of people's lives revolve around the weekend, right? You know, they, they got the weekend, they're going to do this, or, or a holiday, they're going to do this. Israel's, uh, their, their whole thing revolved around uh, these holidays. And these holidays are important because it's a part of the history of Israel. Everything was done to remind them of what God had done. God delivered them from Egypt. God uh, helped them get out of town, you know, and, and uh, God provided for them when they're in the wilderness. Uh, God sent the rain, and so they had a harvest. And and everything revolves around what God has done. And so their holidays are really big festivals. People would come to town, and uh, they would come to celebrate. They would come from all over the world. And sometimes they would come at Passover, and they would stay 50 days until Pentecost because they wanted to celebrate, and they wanted to eat, and they wanted to have a good time, and they wanted to remember what God had done, right? Sounds like a party, right? A guy once said a long time ago, if Christians partied more and preached less, more people would be saved. <laughs> okay, so I'll just pause and take a drink of tea on that. So, what happened on the day of Pentecost? Um, what happened that day? Uh, a couple things, a bunch of things happened. The prophecy of Joel was fulfilled. Peter preached that. Joel predicted that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Now, a lot of people talk about the, that we're in the last days. Let me just tell you, the last days began with Jesus and began at Pentecost. We've been in the last days a long, long, long time. And understand, God is not hung up by time like we are. It says the day is like a thousand years to him. And so we've been in the last days ever since Pentecost. And, and Peter got up and preached. He says, Joel said this. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit. And uh, people would prophesy, men and women. Old men would dream dreams and see visions. And all these kinds of things would happen. And so... Uh, what happened at Pentecost? Jesus gave the great commission when he ascended and he told the disciples that something was going to happen, but they're to wait in Jerusalem until they got power from on high. Let me read that to you in Acts chapter 1. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water or in water, but in a few days you will be baptized with or in the Holy Spirit. So, they're waiting in the upper room, 
and I like this phrase, I made it up. All heaven breaks loose. Okay, we, we people usually say the other one, right? All heaven breaks loose. A strong wind blows and fires fall and, and it appears as tongues of fire. And you look, if you look at a fire, you see the, the different tongues in, in the fire and all these things fell on them. And, uh, John mentioned it, I think in John 1.33, John said that I'll baptize you right now, but he who comes after me will baptize you with the spirit. And, and so he predicted it too. And so even in the old Testament, you'll see God in the wind, you'll see God in the fire. And you see this special thing happen, happen on the day of Pentecost. Uh, there was such a commotion going on that it spread out in the streets and people heard them and people came and they gathered all around. They couldn't figure out what's happening. You know, like I said, they're all in town for the holiday and, uh, all of a sudden they start hearing their praises of God in their own language. Listen to this in, uh, verse four, I think it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. I was thinking about this week and I just uh, looked at it. They were speaking in tongues, but the people were hearing them in their own language. It really doesn't say they were speaking in other languages. It says they were doing the praise of God, but people were hearing them speak in their own language. And, and God does that sometimes. Uh, Liz has an illustration in her life on one of the mission trips that she went to Mexico with the teenagers. Uh, there was a car wreck uh, that they came upon. And so they're trying to help. And Liz doesn't speak Spanish. I try to get her to, and she won't even try. She can't trill her tongue, so she's really messed up there. She can't go like that. But anyway, she comes upon this wreck, and uh, she and this Mexican lady, right, start communicating she talks to her and the mexican lady understands her the mexican lady talks to her in spanish and liz understands her and i think that on the day of pentecost everyone hears the praises of god in their own language in in the greek it says their own dialect they heard the praises of god uh in in their own dialect and and uh uh, they're now hearing that in their own language uh some people thought they were drunk um go to the next thing pat there you go uh some people thought they were drunk and Peter stands up and he goes, look, guys, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. And, and he starts to preach to them. And, and uh, uh, he tells them what, what happened. Actually, in his sermon, if you read it, he tells them that you guys crucified Jesus, you know, who was an innocent man, but God raised him from the dead. And then the people say, you know, what, what do we need to do? And Peter says, look, you guys need to repent and be baptized, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he, and he tells them that straight out. And uh, so what happened? Uh you know, he tells them to do that. Uh, 3,000 people followed Jesus that day. 3,000 people were baptized. And 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 this is the deal. Uh, Christians refer to this day as the day of the birth of the church. That, you know, Jesus got the thing started. The full-blown movement uh, now happened on the day of Pentecost. Still here? Okay. Sounds like a history lesson to me. Uh, which it is, actually. Okay. Jesus came, called out people and all those. Now the disciples, they're equipped to do what Jesus told them to do. You know, uh, equipped and, and they have the power. Jesus discipled them and told them all the things, but they didn't have the power to do it. Now when the Holy Spirit came, they have the power to carry out the Great Commission and do what God's told them to do. And they start doing uh, Jesus stuff. And, and uh, he even said that to them. In Acts 1.8, he said this, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. So, I think you're asking the next question, right? What does this Pentecost mean to us? Okay, it means a bunch of different things. So I'm just going to read these things to you. The first thing it means is this. It means we, we can now receive the Holy Spirit when we decide to follow Jesus and be baptized. And I already quoted that scripture to you. Repent, be baptized that you might for... It's going to come out King James for remission of sin. You might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? King James says that. Another thing's in my heart. So it means that we can have the Holy Spirit. Second thing, it means that we have the Holy Spirit living inside us and that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that scripture says that. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You receive from God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so it means that, that our body's a temple. You know, your body is a sanctuary. This isn't a sanctuary. You're not sitting in a sanctuary. Okay? This is a gym. 
And even if you go to church, I grew up in the, and the, the main building was called the sanctuary, right? And I had to behave in the sanctuary because I got a whipping when I got home because I didn't behave in the sanctuary sometimes. And my dad was the preacher. This is the sanctuary. This is, this is the temple of God, right? Take your hand, go like this. Come on, wake up. This is the temple of God. Right that, right? And so, so, so that's what happened because of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. My mic's things drive me crazy. Okay, third thing. It means we can be led by the Spirit in our daily walk as we follow Him. Romans says this, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, led by the Spirit. Um, we're God's kids. As we yield to Him, it proves that we're His kids because we listen to Him. Just as kids will listen to their parents and follow them, we listen to God and the Holy Spirit leads us. Okay? The next thing, uh, it means we can be transformed and live like Jesus bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Uh, Galatians says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And if you understand Galatians, uh, there are people who came and, and they're trying to say you guys have to live by these laws and you have to keep all the Jewish rules and stuff like that. And Paul's writing, no, you're saved by grace. And so you do these things. There's no law against this stuff. And the fruit of the Spirit's love. Okay? Uh, it means we can be filled with the Holy Spirit too so we can live a life of thanksgiving to God. Um, I didn't put it in there. Let me look it up real quick. Ephesians 5. Huh? I, no, I didn't put in what I'm thinking. Let me go back here. Look in the real Bible. Now I'm in Philippians. Sorry. Verse 17. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay? I need to add that one. Verse 17. You hear that one? Therefore don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay? And then it says this. It, uh, don't be drunk with wine which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit. Last thing here. It means we have the power to carry out the mission of sharing the good news and giving witness to what God's done in our life. Just as... He, Jesus said to his disciples, says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We have that same power. All week long I've been driving along. I, I sing hymns and old hymns come back in my head as I drive along. And there was one hymn I remember. It was, uh, oh, send the power, the Pentecostal power, the floodgates of heaven throw open wide. Oh, Lord, send the old time power, the Pentecostal power, that sinners be converted and your name glorified. Anybody know that song? Liz knows that song. Anybody else ever heard that song before in your life? You probably did. It wasn't a favorite song in the Baptist church because it's singing about Pentecostal power. All right. <laughs> so I grew up in the Baptist church. But but uh, I think of those things all the time. That God's given us that power to live the Christian life. So what does all this mean? This is what it means to me, too. The Christian life is a supernatural life. Got that? It's a supernatural life. And... uh you can't live it. The past two weeks in, in my life have been horrible. I mean, it's just been horrible. Uh, people, you know, people have died, and, and it happens every once in a while, you know. And then, that, but then there are people that are really close to you, people from my house church group, people that I've known a long, long time. It was horrible with Jackie, and it's horrible with with Beth Warner. I've known her for forty years. Mark even mentioned, I think, when he went to the hospital. One day, or, or hospice, which one, hospice, you know, that he leaves and he starts crying on the way home. And he, he says this, there hasn't been a time in his life that Beth Warner hadn't been in his life. She used to, to take care of him in the nursery, you know, and, and all those kinds of things as, as a kid. And so, so it's hard. And one person came up to me, your sister Susie came up and says, I don't know how you guys do that. How do you do this stuff? You know, how do you do this stuff over and over? And, and, uh, the only way I can say is this, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in me because I can't do it. Does that make sense? Uh, I can't do it. The only way you can live the Christian life is by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You can't live the Christian life. I mean, you can try, you can fake it for a while, but you're going to run out and you're going to run empty when things smack you in the face. You need the Holy Spirit 
to carry you through and, and to be the comforter in your life. And, uh, I mean, think about all the things that Jesus said to do. How are we supposed to love and accept and forgive people? You know, we can't do those things in our own power. It goes against our nature. Think about it. Do you want to love your enemy? I mean, after, after World War II, um, MacArthur, uh, wrote to the different mission agencies in the United States and, uh, asked them to send missionaries to Japan. After World War II, he said, we got to send missionaries to Japan. That the people are broken, all these kinds of things. Guess what happened? We didn't send missionaries to Japan. Why? Because they were our enemy. Jesus says to, to love your enemies. And, and how are we supposed to do that in our own power? Um, when somebody does something to you, our, our natural response is to retaliate. Um, not to love and forgive and accept. Uh, we don't want to turn the other cheek. Right? And so this is this is the deal. I hope this is encouraging to you. Uh, Christian life is impossible to live in your own strength. It's impossible. You can't do it. You can try. You can fake it. You can do the church thing. But when it comes down to real life, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. Okay? When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to live a supernatural Christian life. It's the only way you can do it. You know, and you look back to that field of the Holy Spirit, what do they do? They speak themselves in psalms and hymns and songs and, you know, and worship and all those kinds of things come out as it. So, this is what I've found. When we find ourselves loving and forgiving people that we don't want to, has that ever happened to you? Guess what? You didn't do that. The Holy Spirit helped you do that. Right? You have to go, well, Lord, how did I do that? Well, just think about it. You didn't want to do that. But somebody helped you do that, the Holy Spirit in you, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, all those kinds of things. We have to admit that we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us up. Let's all stand up. I read that scripture to you all ago from Ephesians 5, 17. Let me look it up again. I learned this as a teenager, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it changed my life. It wasn't an emotional thing. It was just a, it was just a thing that, that, I, that I learned. First John says this. It says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we have what we ask of him. You know that scripture, First John? Anything that we ask according to his will, he hears us and we get it. Got that? Okay. So let me read you this passage one more time. Ephesians chapter 5, I think. Yeah. If I could see, it would be good. Um, Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay? Got that? What is the will of the Lord? Don't be drunk. It's not God's will if you get drunk. All right? How's that? Okay? That's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. It's God's will for us to be filled with the Spirit. Why would God send the Holy Spirit if he didn't want us to be filled with it so that we can live the Christian life? Okay? So so let's just pray. Just bow our heads and just ask the Holy Spirit to come. And ask, you know, I, I pray this all the time. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I believe there's an initial thing when we're kind of baptized in the Spirit, but I think we need to be refilled. How's that? One guy says that we leak. One of my pastor friends is that we all leak, you know, and uh, we have some tendencies too. And so uh, we need to ask the Holy Spirit just to fill us up so that we can live the Christian life. So just say your own prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to come. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to fill you up so that you can live the Christian life that God's called you to do. And then I'll pray. You might want to open your hands up to God if you feel comfortable doing that. And, and open up your hands to me as a symbol of saying, I'm, 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 I'm willing to receive and I'm willing to give. We as followers of Jesus lived open hand. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine too. I hate people that manipulate. But if you feel led to do that, do it. If you don't, don't do it. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come.
Come right now, Lord. Come. We know you're already here. We know you're already in us. But Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Fill us up. God, we leak. We admit it. Uh, We need your power. The world is crazy, Lord. And we need you to come. Holy Spirit, come. More, Lord. More of your power, Lord. More right now. More, Lord. Fill your church, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord, that we spill out. That we that we spill out your love and your grace and your mercy and your good news to everyone who's around us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, right in your heart, just thank God for filling you. He said if you ask him, he'll do it. And just thank him. Thank him. Lord, we thank you for filling us. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord, and, and use us. Thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you have a seat? We're going to take communion now. Good? I've had bunches of different experiences in my life with, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the, but the, the greatest is just to be sensitive, to get up and go to work. You know, and love people and, and someone does something to you and you, you, God gives you the grace to forgive them. Got that? Amen. So I pray that prayer all the time. Uh, I remember once I was prayed about, prayed for it by a guy named Arthur Blessed. He prayed that God's fire would just follow me and, and I remember that too in, in my life. But I remember there's a little booklet called the Holy Spirit booklet from Campus Crusade that I use that teaches you how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's alright? Grab one of these things and open it up. And let me just tell you that new ones have arrived. We're going to use these up, and we'll have new ones. Thank you, Vicki. She was led by the Holy Spirit to find different ones. Because <laughs> the other ones make us curse, you know, or whatever. Not me. I don't, I don't cuss. But anyway, I don't do that. We do this every week to remind us that we're a part of a family. We're a part of the family of God. And I, I refer to you guys as my forever family. Some of forever family went to heaven. Beth went to heaven. Jackie went to heaven. A bunch of other people. Tom went to heaven. David Baker, I could go on the list. For years and years, we had no one die. We were all younger. Now we've grown up. We're up to the next level, right? right? Anyway, uh, but that's okay, you know. What a deal. But we're a part of a family, and we'll be forever a part of that family. And so Jesus had his first family there together, and they, they shared communion together. It was the Passover, remembering what happened, and he changed it because Jesus became the Passover lamb. Got that? And he was buried, and that was the, the unleavened feast of unleavened bread there. The, the leaven represented sin. He died for sin. Uh, the first fruits. He arose on that Sunday, the, the Feast of the First Fruits, okay? You can follow all those things through the, the, the Feast of Israel. But we celebrate communion to remember who we are and whose we are, that we are part of his family. So we say this prayer together. It's a family prayer. And it's a, it's a, it's our, it's not my father in heaven, it's our father. So let's say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and he broke it. And he said this is my body. Which is broken for you. Do this remembrance to me. Says after supper he took the cup. He says this cup is a new covenant. In my blood. Do this remembrance of me. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said, As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We remember what Jesus did. We're reminded of what we're supposed to do, that he was poured out for the people. We're to do the same thing and share the good news with them. Amen. So now it's time to go do this stuff, right? Doesn't count in here. It counts out there. And that's where we need the Holy Spirit, right? So let's all stand.
you want to come back and eat hot dogs and help the teenagers go to camp, you're welcome to do that. If you can't come back, you can give money to Pat because they're still raising money for youth camp. All right? So uh, tomorrow, uh, Franklin Yard's at 9 o'clock, so please come and help us carry the flag. So I can't carry it by myself. Uh, it's a big one. And also it'll be the first parade without Jim Mears. And so that'll be a, it'll be a different, different ball game. But, uh, it was a part of who he was and he loved Franklin and he loved our country and, uh, it'll be a difference, but it'll be a special day too. So let's just close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love and thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for the people who gave their life so we could be free. And God, I pray for the Mears family that you'd just bless them and the Warner family. God, use us this week. God, help us to, to yield to you, to yield to the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit as we demonstrate your love to people. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Bless you. Have a good week.